you're fat. So you drink anyone. Maybe if you under show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have no money. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're not a party. party. You're the Chargers. I'm not going to be a Welcome to your Such a Catch. I'm your host, Erin. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. I'm so glad you found me. I'm sure it wasn't hard. You were probably Googling the definition of single, and my name popped up. <laughs> Seems about right, since it's no date November, and I am leading the charge. No one's cuffed me yet. Damn it. It's also Movember, where you grow your facial hair out to raise awareness for men's health issues. I'm not trying to fully participate in this movement, since men might be jealous at the rate I can, like, spring a uh, chin hair. But uh, typically I do donate and just skip the facial hair part. However, you know, my schedule's been a little bit busy these days. I've actually had to push my wax appointment back, not once, but twice. So basically, I'm on board with this movement. <laughs> but I can't wait till I can get in with my girl Devin, who, woo, Kelly Clarkson's me. And uh, yeah, just don't look too close right now. This uh, whole five o'clock shadow thing is out and popping. Speaking of five o'clock, it's so dark at five now. <laughs> it's really throwing me off my game. I keep getting through the day and then finding myself tucked in at like 8 p.m. exhausted. What am I, like 10 years old? But sleep is good. You can never have enough, as I'm recording this right now at 4 a.m. <laughs> but before I dive into today's episode, stop what you're doing. If you're driving, ignore me. Be safe. If you're sitting on the couch listening to me while having Bravo run in the background on mute, this applies to you. Pause the pod, scroll down on Apple Podcasts, and drop a rate or review on my page, please. And then if you're not doing this already, follow me at You're Such a Catch on all social media platforms. Gracias. Yes, I'm practicing my Spanish because this week I'm headed to Mexico City. Why, you might ask? That doesn't seem like a normal place to go on vacation when you're blonde and blue-eyed and it's not the safest. <laughs> I'm asking myself the same questions, but I'm going. I'm leaving tonight. I'm actually going because the Chargers are playing the Chiefs in Monday Night Football. And I might be flying out solo, but I am meeting up with a bunch of fans over there that I met tailgating. Now you're probably thinking, what? You met people tailgating that you're like going to another country with? But here's the thing, these people kind of become your family. You see them every Sunday. A lot of them are road warriors and travel to the away games, which is something that I aspire to do. And now that I've had a taste of it, I want more. <laughs> and we share a common bond. We love our team. So today I want to talk about girls who love sports and whether that's hot or not. Do girls like me who are tomboys at heart get friend-zoned because they're one of the boys? I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm going to seek some input from my male listeners. But I have noticed in the last, you know, seven-ish years since I've really gotten into football that my love life has been more stagnant than usual. <laughs> and in attempts to break the cycle in Don't Date December, I'd like to go into 2020 with a vengeance. 
Now, I also don't want to change who I am, but I also could probably tone it down a bit. You know, maybe cut down on my aggressive yelling at the games and my ability to, you know, speak fluent ESPN, (laughs) which might, you know, scare off a prospective suitor. I played a lot of sports growing up. In middle school, I played basketball and volleyball. In high school, I played basketball my freshman and sophomore year and tennis all four years. The Ramsey family spent a lot of time on the tennis court when I was younger, and I was pretty decent. I played number one on the team. My friend Hope and I were doubles partners. We actually went to the CIF championship and lost. Fun story also, we made it to the front page of the Record Searchlight, which is the newspaper in Reading, and instead of you know, posting a normal picture of Hope and I on the tennis court. They posted a picture of she and I both pointing to chipped teeth in the most ridiculous outfit I've ever seen in my life, which we picked out and wore to Nike tennis camp. Our shorts were like on the clearance section at Mervyn's. Yes, Mervyn's. It's like the only store that existed in Reading back in the day. And our shorts happened to match the curtains at Nike Tennis Camp, which so bizarre and so random. But yes, that is what they chose to feature on the front page of the sports section in the record search life. So Hope and I, we went to the CIF championship and we lost, sadly, and it was kind of my fault. So, and Hope will never let me live this down, but we were one game away from the title And I jumped up to hit an overhead, kind of like, you know, white girls can't jump, but I did jump, but I came down and I landed badly on my ankle. And I have a really low threshold for pain. So instead of like getting back up or just like laying there and like waiting it out, I mean, that point did end. And I will say, you know, hope she got it. We won that point, but I started to cry. And basically looked, you know, to my folks for help, who then came in, swooped me up off the court and took me to the emergency room. So we had to forfeit and we did not win that championship. Yeah, she'll never let me live that down. I also debated playing tennis in college, but it was such a huge time commitment. And I was so focused on academics and Abercrombie that I uh, forfeited that as well. So... I don't know where my love for professional sports kind of came into play, but it started with basketball. And I was obsessed with Clyde Drexler. I don't even know how or why it was him. The only thing I can think back to is my dad used to work with the brother of uh, Rick Adelman, who used to be the coach for the Portland Trailblazers. And I would often hear them talk about the team and what a great sportsman Clyde Drexler was. So maybe that's kind of how he got into my brain and I started to follow the Trailblazers. But Clyde actually was traded then to the Houston Rockets, which is really where, you know, I got into basketball. And it was fun because Hope wasn't an Akeem Olajuwon fan. And so when they joined forces, we would go to the games. And it was cool because Hope's dad worked for Pepsi. And so we'd go to the Kings games versus the Rockets. And sometimes my brother, you know, Sean would even get to come with us, which was so much fun. And one year when we went, I decided to make a sign. Yes, I was that girl. So I made a sign that said, Clyde, will you marry me? So picture this. I was probably like 15 years old. I had braces and bangs and not just like normal bangs, but bangs where you like divided them in half and you curled the top up and the bottom down. And then you kind of poofed it out to make a perfect flower on your forehead. (laughs) Um, It was the 90s people. (laughs) But I held my sign up proudly. 
And when he walked into the uh, tunnel that night, he said, you know, he'd come back out and he'd sign my jersey. Well, he never did. And I was devastated. So Hope's dad, he wasn't going to let me down. He said, you know what, kids, we're going to follow the bus. <laughs> and we did. And I remember, you know, hopping out of the truck when we pulled around to where the bus was. And I don't know why I'm so ballsy. Why, why was I the one to do this? But, you know, Charles Barkley was standing outside. And, you know, here I am, this, like, innocent 15-year-old asking if Clyde Trexler was on the bus. And of course, he answered yes. And so we literally followed the bus to the Hyatt, where we then got to meet, you know, Akeem, uh, Charles Barkley, Chucky Brown, and of course, my favorite, Clyde Drexler. So I will say he did apologize, and he signed everything that we had. He also told me to give him a call when I was 30. But 30 came and went. I didn't have his phone number. And I also saw him on Dancing with the Stars. And I will tell you, that the stereotype there didn't hold up. <laughs> no offense. He has two left feet, maybe because he's so big, but you know what? It's okay. So anyways, this year in my new office that I podcast from, I finally framed and hung his jersey. So it's important to me. I feel like it's kind of part of my roots. Like the number 22 has been my lucky number forever since I started to be a Clyde Drexler fan back in the day. I always wanted to weigh 122. I feel like my phone number is all twos, my lock screen, my blood type, my social security number. I mean, you get the point. 22 is where it's at. So somewhere along the lines, my love for basketball faded, maybe because it kind of became more of an individual sport, you know, with like people like Kobe Bryant and LeBron James just kind of still in the show. So one day at work, I was given a pick em sheet for football. You know, the ones where you pick who's going to win each game, and then you also pick the combined number of points for the Monday night game. And I did it, and I knew nothing. I just guessed, probably, you know, picked based on jersey color or something silly. But I turned my $5 bet into a couple hundred dollars. And then a couple weeks later, I won again. And then a couple weeks later, I won again. So I thought to myself... What if I did a little research and I actually understood the game? I could actually dominate this. So my evenings turned into bubble baths with wine and sports center. <laughs> and a monster was created. No joke, a monster. As I tell you this story, I'm realizing maybe my real passion here is gambling. <laughs> Because I also had a blast the time I went to Vegas for the Super Bowl, and I bet. I don't know who needs to know this, but you can bet on anything when it comes to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. You can bet on the coin toss, if a player is going to score a touchdown or not. You can even bet on if someone's going to streak on the field. Well, maybe not that, but it makes it a little bit more exciting. I also learned a tough lesson in Vegas. My dad's always told me, never bet against Tom Brady. Even though neither of us are Pats fans, but he's just too good. But that year, I took dad's advice, and sadly, we lost. The Pats lost to the Giants that year, and the game had a safety, which was super cool because the guy in front of me bet $2,000 that there'd be safety in the game, and he won fifteen grand <laughs> right in front of my eyes. I feel like some of you are going to write and tell me I should join Gamblers Anonymous after hearing this episode. But I don't do much betting anymore, sadly. I'd step up and be the bookie if we can get a group together. But I do play a lot of fantasy football. 
I currently have two teams. The most I've ever juggled in a season is three, and I don't recommend it. It's time-consuming, and it will, like, literally consume your life. But I have what I call my big boy league, and then I have a work league. Let me tell you about my big boy league. I mentioned on an earlier episode that this is my year in that league. I don't want to jinx myself, but you go, Glenn Coco. So I met the big boy group in 2012. I was invited to draft for somebody else, and I showed up thirsty for Bud Light with my lip gloss and my Louis Vuitton. And everybody else had laptops, iPads, stacks and stacks of printed paper, and highlighters. (laughs) Cleve, who's the commissioner, legit took this massive painting off the wall so he could project our uh, draft board. Since then, we've graduated to an even better draft board with like real stickers and you get to go like, you know, place it up there. Super fun. In 2013, though, I was invited to be the first and only girl to join this league. It was an honor. And I created my team, a whale's vagina. That means San Diego people. In 2014, we had draft weekend, the best weekend of the year. It legit consists of football, barbecue, drinks, all while being poolside. In that year, my team name evolved to Eyes Up Here Boys, for obvious reasons. Now remember, I'm the only girl in the league. So while all of their wives and girlfriends were planning activities with their kids or girls' night out, I was one of the boys, burping, laughing at fart jokes, and being an awesome beer bitch and ensuring everyone had a full glass in their hand at all times. I also made sure that, you know, the food on the counter wasn't out spoiling. And if anybody looked in need of a sandwich, I was happy to make it. Eyes Up Here Boys took second place in 2015. And that shit pays. I forget how much, but it was a lot. But you know what's priceless? Bragging rights. Currently, this season, I'm in first place. I'd love to ride this one out, although this week it's a tough matchup. I have Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett on buys. Lockett also got hurt last game and is expected to miss a couple of weeks, so anything can happen. I jump right in on the waiver wire and pick somebody up, but this is a 14-man league that plays no defense and no kicker and two quarterbacks. It's slim pickings. And I'm really stretching it here with Wilson being out and only being able to pick up Brandon Allen this week. He's only 2% owned, and I keep telling myself he's going to blow his projected 12.32 points out of the water. That's right, I'm projecting this kid to have the game of his career in his second start with the Broncos. (laughs) It's a long shot, I get it. So as you can see, I'm into it just a little bit. And we haven't even talked about the Chargers yet. They're really letting me down this season, but it's okay. Just like one day I will get a ring, so will my Chargers. I'm just hoping their time comes in my lifetime. (laughs) But if you want to talk about heart, loyalty, dealing with rejection, and loss, talk to a Chargers fan. I've had season tickets for six years. I've also bought my seats in the new stadium, which I can't wait. 2020, hurry up. (laughs) But I'm not going to talk about them leaving San Diego. I mean, it is a bummer. I used to make the drive, and they're still the San Diego Superchargers to me. But now it's a shorter commute. It's just a bigger uphill battle with the fan base. But I'm at every home game, so my Sundays are spoken for. I try to do a few away games a year, 
Last year, I did London, Baltimore, and New England. This year, I'm doing Mexico City. I already went to Chicago for the Bears-Packers home opener. And I also went to Levi for the uh, Browns-Niners Monday night football game. That was an extra special one because I got to bring the family to that one. Even Hope came along. And it was so fun to see my dad in his element at his stadium uh, and to see his boys, you know, pull out that win. It was a great game, you know, and my dad has been so supportive. He uh, goes to at least one Charger game with me every season. I love that my pops and I share the love of football. I will never forget the day, though, that I called my dad and I said I needed to talk to him about something important. I'm sure his brain probably went to the worst case scenario. He probably thought I was going to tell him that I was pregnant or unemployed. But I said, Dad, remember back when I was a little girl and I used to stand in front of the TV when football was on? And he said, yeah, Aaron, I do. And I said, Dad, I get it now. (laughs) And we had a good laugh. And uh, ever since, it's been, you know, something that's really bonded us. Did I mention that it's on my bucket list to go to a game in every stadium? I've got a long ways to go, but uh, I'm definitely crossing, you know, some stadiums off my list uh, each and every season. But I guess my point is, it's been a common theme when I've had chats with people and friends about relationships, you know, to go to events and do something that you love because that may put you in a setting where you meet somebody else who shares the same passion, love, or hobby. And I've been leading the charge, no pun intended, for seven years now. How can I be a black belt in tailgating, understand the game of football, and dish stats with the best of them, and not find a man? Any given Sunday, right? So I need help. You You might have to wait a long time. Male listeners, what is it? Is this a turnoff? Are y'all afraid that I'm going to dominate you in a matchup? Do you not want a ride-or-die chick when asked to provide her favorite recipe for a cookbook chooses chicken wing dip? Or someone who can make a mean pyramid with her Bud Light cans? Or somebody who has a hookup at the Chargers bar? Shout out to my boy Jarvis who makes an amazing spicy margarita that will leave anybody over the age of 30 with massive heartburn. But you know what? That heartburn is a good distraction if we've lost. And then you get to eat Tums. You know, the ones that look like Mentos, that taste like candy. The joys of getting older. So as I pack my bags full of yellow and blue to head to another country to do what I love, I'm open to finding love with someone who is just as passionate as I am. Even if he's a barbecue-eating, headdress-wearing, tomahawk-throwing Kansas City Chiefs fan. Did I just say that? Anything but a Pats fan. Thanks for tuning in to your Such a Catch. I want to know your thoughts on girls and sports. Am I friend zoning myself? Hit me up at Erin at YourSuchACatch.com or slide into my DMs just like I slid down the glass slide last Thursday during Thursday Night Football from the 70th floor to the 69th floor. Yeah, that happened. And also, don't forget next week, we'll have Aaron back on the pod to dish about what it's like to swipe on straight dating apps. 
yes, he's been communicating with all the men on my on my Hinge app, and uh, he's he's attempted to set me up on several dates. But I will uh, also share my experience of the date I went on um, with a guy that he matched me with. So. Don't forget to tune in for that. And also don't forget to bolt up. So let's go chargers. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.